Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. You are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast. My name is Cora Gernon. I created this space for women to share all of the details surrounding their pregnancy, labour, birth and everything in between without feeling shy about the detail. Sit back and enjoy over 100 hours of birth stories told by you, the listeners. Enjoy. Hello there. I hope you've had a great week. If I could ask you to just do me a quick favour, if you're in the if you're sitting on the train or at home having your lunch or whatever you're doing, just take a moment to follow, uh, subscribe, rate and review the podcast wherever you listen to your podcast weekly. It really helps get that little bit more exposure so more women get to hear our stories. Also, thank you so much to everybody who bought me coffee last week. That was really unexpected. Really appreciate it. I have a podcast bill coming up at the end of this month. So it all goes towards that and keeping keeping the podcast afloat. Thank you. Thank you. So now I'm going to introduce you to this week's guest, Yasmin, who shares her two birth stories. She gave birth to her first baby, her little girl, in a hospital environment and then went on to give birth to her son at home. Yasmin talks me through trying to conceive for the first time. Um, So that was a bit of a journey for her. Uh, Falling pregnant, her pregnancy, how she felt throughout and then the birth of her little girl. I think there's some really relatable points um, as she talks about labour and birth and the sense of feeling unsupported in some ways but that was due to how busy the ward was but I definitely think there's some moments in there that we can all relate to and then she talks about deciding to add to her family once again and she said that after her first experience she said that she's not doing that again but they they decided to conceive again and obviously she was nervous about her fertility and conception but thankfully all was fine. She did decide to have a home birth and because of where she was located it wasn't necessarily an option so they rented an Airbnb which I think is really cool. Um, So this is a really nice story. There's I have a beautiful photo, three photos actually up on the Instagram page if you want to have a look. Um, A really nice photo of the birth of her son and she also talks me through breastfeeding. So compares her first and second experience. So a really nice story. And we are joined by her little boy in the first few minutes of the episode too. So I love when I hear um, babies joining the conversation and cooing and making gorgeous noises. So enjoy this week's episode. Thank you so much for all the support this week. I feel like everyone has been really generous with their feedback and just spent time sending me these gorgeous messages. So it makes all those hours um, 
putting everything together really worth it so thank you enjoy this episode and I will chat to you next week Yasmin you are very welcome to the Ireland's Birth Stories podcast I know we've tried to have this conversation a few times so it's nice to just sit down and finally chat if you want to give us a little introduction to you and your family um, I am Yasmin and um, I have a partner Lawrence and we have two children. We've got Aurelia, who's two years, nine months, and Arthur, who is nine months. So will we talk about conception? Because I know it wasn't an easy road for you guys. Yes, it did. Yeah. Um, yes. So basically, um, we started, so we, we got engaged in 2016, but we're still not married. <laughs> you might never get married. But um, so, yeah, so we basically after that, we were like, oh, maybe we should like try and let's have a baby. But we weren't really like in a good situation. Like we kind of were living, we were house sitting and but I think we were having such adventures in our lives that we thought, yeah, let's just throw a baby into the mix. So we started trying for a baby. And I'd say because we weren't really like settled and we didn't have a permanent home for like the first year, we didn't really think about it. But then like, I wasn't really paying attention. But like after, yeah, maybe like after a year and a half or so, we were like, okay, should be pregnant by now. And I started like tracking my cycles and stuff like that. Um, And... How did you yeah. track them? Did you track them with an app or did you just keep an eye on yeah, your body? Yeah, yeah. I used the Natural Cycles app and I was measuring my temperature every morning and it was telling me when I should be ovulating and stuff like that. Um, and it just, it still wasn't getting pre- me pregnant. So we ended up going to the doctor and... Um, and then we got referred to the hospital. And, you know, I think they were like, basically what happened is there was some question as to whether I was ovulating. Some doctors looked at my results said I was. Some doctors looked at my results said I wasn't. So I still don't know. <laughs> um, so basically, yeah, that happened. We saw a, we saw a, a gynecologist. And um, I did get prescribed Clomid for a few months, but that didn't work. And then eventually we were, I was like, okay, we need to do something about this. So we went to a fertility clinic at Sims and I had one consultation there and they booked me in to kind of have, um, you know, they, they, they check your tubes to see whether your tubes are empty. And they said, right, wait for your period. And then after your next period, come back in and we'll we'll book the test in kind of thing and basically that period never came and it was like two and a half years later so yeah it was just a complete mystery as to I I don't know (laughs) I don't know why why it took two and a half years like I never really and how did you feel how did you how did you manage I suppose you're so conscious of how impactful stress and anxiety is on fertility as well so how did you manage all that yeah it was really really hard like I I really I I got quite uh unbalanced I would say I think I was a bit of a mess um Mm. I I kind of do this meditation that is kind of based around retreats and I did I did a three-week retreat and I literally felt like I was checking myself in (laughs) like because I literally was just at the end of I, I was stressed and just just worried that I'd never have children. And I think that calmed me down quite yeah. a lot. Like, 
and I kind of I kind of accepted okay maybe I won't have children you know like and kind of tried to begin to make peace with that and yeah but it, it wasn't like I came out of the retreat and got pregnant it was still maybe you know like six months later but I was a bit more peaceful after that about it so talk us through then the the next steps um when once I was pregnant um so were you were you, were you monitored for- no because it wasn't on Clomid and it was a few months after I'd taken the Clomid so I was I was I was classified as just a normal pregnancy so I, I went to the doctor okay. and they confirmed it and yeah, it was a bit strange because they were just like, they checked when I took the appointment. They were like, no, you can just be a normal patient. And then I got my, and then they were like, come back when you're 15 weeks. <laughs> so that was that. I came back when I was, I went back to the GP at 15 weeks. And yeah, it was like, it was kind of like, I suppose you kind of think that you're going to the doctors and it's, it's kind of it makes the pregnancy seem more real or something so it was quite strange to just like I'll be like oh, okay <laughs> see you at 15 weeks then kind of yeah yeah you feel like you should be wrapped definitely wrapped up more <laughs> yeah. seen more frequently like you're the only person who's ever been pregnant <laughs> yeah, 15 weeks ages away and I still I came back at 15 weeks and they were like oh you're still barely pregnant <laughs> yeah yeah um so how did you feel throughout those early weeks then? Were you nervous? I was quite nervous, yeah. I just didn't quite believe that something wasn't going to go wrong. Um, but I get very, uh, I get, I had bad morning sickness or moderately, moderately bad morning sickness. So in a way, <laughs> as horrible as it is, it's kind of comforting because you know if you're puking that something's happening. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was, it was quite, it was a comfort to to be puking really yeah so when did you did you do much much research into like your preferences labor and birth and yes I did I had a friend who she was really into natural birth like I didn't really I was kind of like you know if I can do it without intervention great but if I need it I I don't care but she gave me this book spiritual midwifery and Ina May Gaskin or Ina May Gaskin and so I read that and she would talk about it a lot and so I kind of got into like oh I think I'd really like a natural birth you know I, I kind of started to read more about it and yeah and then I started to I started to think that that's what I would want um so yeah, um, I was a bit, I, I knew about hypnobirthing. I was in two minds to do it because like I mentioned earlier, I already had a meditation practice. So mm. I kind of met, hypnobirthing has a lot of visualization and I, I don't, it's kind of visualization is a bit in conflict with my meditation. So I decided not to do hypnobirthing. I decided to just do my meditation which I I meditated every day and I went on a retreat whilst I was pregnant for 10 days and I was like you know I'll I'll do this this will be enough um it wasn't enough (laughs) but I found that out the hard way so yeah that was my plan I was like yeah I'll just I'll stick with what I'm already doing and yeah hope yeah I thought it would see me through kind of thing 
And how did you feel throughout kind of the third tri- trimester? Did you do any exercise or pregnancy yoga yeah, or anything like that I, to help you? I I was a runner before. I found I couldn't run during pregnancy. I don't know. I just I just can't. Same with hiking. I couldn't really hike very far. I practiced yoga already, and so I kind of carried on to that at a gentler pace. Um, and I would go swimming and stuff like that. Um, like apart from the morning sickness, I had a very like uneventful pregnancy. You know, like I I I got slower and slower towards the end, <laughs> but you know. Other than that, it was just like it was fine. There were no issues. Like yeah, I just was just kind of excited, I suppose, excited preparing for the baby and yeah, just wondering what parenthood would be like, I suppose. And at that stage, had you found somewhere more permanent to live, or was was what was your yes. Yeah, during the time we were trying to conceive, we found a house. So we live in um, we live in uh, South Wicklow, and yeah, we started up like a market garden. Oh, great! And, yeah, so I was working outside, and my partner's a teacher, and we kind of were settling into life here. And neither of us are from the area, so yeah. But it it was actually it kind of worked out it was a better time I think to get pregnant it was a bit mad to try and get pregnant when you don't have anywhere to live <laughs> and it's only now in retrospect that I've actually had the goods that I'm like god what were we thinking I think it's just you don't know you don't realize yeah. like what so yeah so do you want to talk us through your first signs of labor so I got to 40 weeks and I actually got a cold, which was awful. So it kind of put me in this position where, like, they kind of, at the hospital, they were kind of talking about induction, and I was a bit like, no, 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 I don't want to be induced. So there was there was kind of like a real pressure on me to go into labour, but at the same time I had quite a bad cold, so I, I didn't want to go into labour with mm. a cold because... Yeah, so I, I basically, my last week of pregnancy from 40 weeks over, I was a mess. <laughs> like, I was so pumped up full of like hormones and just the pressure of it all. I think I just was slightly doolally. So I didn't do any of the like, you know, like things to bring on labour. I literally just like lay on the sofa and try to kind of get through the get through the days kind of thing because I was feeling quite bad but um I think on on week 41 exactly I started to feel better and I was my mum was over she came over from the for the birth because I'm from England and um we were kind of just sitting watching tv and I started to feel some um period pains period type pains and they were coming every so often and I knew it was kind of like a Saturday afternoon and I knew, I knew that that's what it was. So like, they kind of just stayed very mild. Like they were not painful in any way. So I was like, okay, I think this is something's happening. So I had dinner and I just decided to go to bed because I thought I should get some sleep kind of thing. And um, I did that and I woke up the next day at 5.30 and I was woke, I was woken up by the pains and they were a bit stronger this time and they were quite, they were quite regular, like 
you know, at, within every 10 minutes and, you know, okay. yeah. So I think I, I think I ate something because I was like, I should eat something <laughs> before, before labor. So I just kind of potted around and over the course of, I don't know, the morning, um, they just got steadily, you know, stronger and it, they got to be quite regular, um, like every five minutes or so. So we like rang the hospital and stuff and they were like, well, it doesn't sound like they're too bad. So just stay home. Now, uh, we we actually live an hour from the hospital. So I was a bit nervous about like the journey. I was mm. a, kind of a source of uh, anxiety, I suppose. So I wasn't really sure whether to go. So anyway, I was kind of, it was fine. The contractions were fine. Like, so I, I kind of got in the bath um, to try and just labor in the bath a little bit. And um I think I started to feel the baby turn or something and kind of like writhe around. Like I could kind of feel her head kind of pushing down. And I think I just freaked out a bit. I was like, oh my God, something's happening. And so my mum was like, are you having the baby? <laughs> I'm just like, I don't think so. But she's like, no, 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 no. Come on. We need to go to the hospital. <laughs> Not on my watch. <laughs> yeah, she was kind of like, come on, no, no, let's see it. And I think I knew that it was all right, but I was like, well, okay. Um, and I think my partner, Lawrence, as well, he was like a bit like, <laughs> she does not need to go to the hospital, but my mum was so panicked. So we loaded me up into the car and it was a bit hard to find the right position. We got some hot water bottles and yeah, so we drove to the hospital and it was horrible. The journey was absolutely awful (laughs) that's a um, long time to be to be in the car yes in labor yeah it really is like it really is I think in the end I just kind of zoned out and just closed my eyes and just willed it to be over so yeah so we got to the hospital and it was all a bit of panic (laughs) so Lawrence like he dropped me right outside the hospital door and my mom went she came in a separate car so she went and parked so I kind of came into the hospital like by myself and I was like walking down the I was walking down the corridor it's quite a long walk down to the maternity ward and I was walking down and like people were asking me are you okay because every few minutes it was about 11 o'clock 12 o'clock in the morning or like in the day and like I kept on stopping to breathe and but I was fine and then this porter came along and he kind of was like with a wheelchair he was like go on no, get in the wheelchair <laughs> get in the wheelchair I'm like no no I'm fine I'm fine and he just insisted so much and I was by myself so I was like okay okay fine I'll get into the wheelchair and then I had a contraction in the wheelchair as he's pushing me and I'm like no no I want to get out and he was like no no and he wouldn't let me out of the wheelchair so he just kind of pushed me down like me protesting that I wanted to get out and stop and pushed me down to the maternity ward and so I kind of came into the maternity ward like really dramatic yeah (laughs) being pushed in a like wheelchair and stuff and it just it felt very like I was being dramatic but it wasn't me it was this man who was insisting that I'd be pushed so anyway so I put the trace on and yeah anyway I was barely one centimeter I wasn't even a face like nothing like I was in such such early labor and I just was so demoralized like it was yeah it's really really yeah really terrible to 
to hear like in retrospect when I think of those pains I mean they were not <laughs> they were not real labor pains but you get yeah, you don't know uh, you don't know when it's your first baby so um yeah so I, I, I kind of didn't no one really spoke to me but they were kind of speaking to my mum and speaking to Lawrence and they kind of just were kind of left it to me they gave me a bed on the ward but no one really said anything it was kind of like I can stay or I can go home but I think I just whilst I was in early labor I was having very regular contractions so I just I really couldn't think like rationally like rationally I should have I should have just gone home but I couldn't I couldn't I, at least for me, I find in labour like that, you can't really be making decisions. Or at least I couldn't. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, we went on the bed on the ward. And I think I was so freaked out that I just kind of went into some kind of panic. And I just, I think I sat on this bed, just on the edge of the bed in the labour, like it wasn't a labour ward. It was just a normal ward with people with babies and newborns. And I just sat on the edge of this bed just I think I just wanted to not be there. <laughs> like I didn't want to be in labour and I didn't know what to do. So I just kind of sat on this bed for hours, just having contractions. Now they did get a lot stronger during this time, but they were very regular. Like um, I felt like one ended and, you know, it wasn't long before another one was beginning. And I just sat there for hours, just like, I don't know (laughs) it's not logical like I think I just was really I didn't want to be there um yeah well I can I I, know I totally because it can be it can be shocking what your body's going through and I think what you're saying there about you feel like you feel like you're in the worst pain of your life and you're not even because I was the same I went in and I was like oh my god I remember texting my sister being like I'm never doing this again and I wasn't even dilated so it's a, it can be really scary. Yeah, yeah. And it's that idea of like, how long is this going to go on for? Can I do Yeah, this? yeah, do like, And yeah. you just, and I think I just really panicked. And like, so I had my mom and my partner with me and they were good. They were good supports. It wasn't that they were bad supports, but they were, didn't have those skills. I think it's a skill to um, be able to get a laboring woman who's panicking to calm down. <laughs> Especially someone who loves you. Someone who loves you would find it very hard because seeing you in such distress would be would be awful. Yeah, and I d- the thing is, I don't know if I out would. I probably did, but I think I just was. I went silent. You know, I just sat. And so, yeah. And another thing that was really, it was like the work. It was a Sunday afternoon, and it was really busy. Okay. They were short staffed. So I wasn't on a labor ward. There were like people in behind the curtain, like I think, you know, maybe six other people who all had babies. They all had visitors. Like there just was loads of people around because <laughs> it was a Sunday as well. So I think at some point after a few hours, I ended up, we ended up sitting outside the labor ward on a bench. And, you know, there were like people walking past. <laughs> Um, kind of like you know they're seeing me in labor and you can kind of see they're like oh look she's having contractions because <laughs> obviously the whole hospital has got visitors it's a Sunday 
and I and then you have like people sitting down next to me and you know everyone in Ireland so friendly they're all chatting like oh is she in labor (laughs) she's in labor and then there's two guys sitting down on the bench having a chat (laughs) I think I just in all my preparation I just always envisioned my labor that I would be in my own space it would be private I would go to the hospital I'd be in my own room I hadn't prepared to be so public like so I just it was just yeah I just really yeah (laughs) it was it was really bad and the contractions were getting longer and stronger and I think I just I wanted to just go out of my body they kept the, the midwives were saying that I should go for a walk but every time I walk the contractions it was working like the contractions were coming harder faster but I didn't want them to so I didn't want to walk I had the feeling like I don't want to push this baby out if I just stay still <laughs> like, I'll be fine <laughs> you know you know I wasn't thinking logically obviously once labor starts it started you it's not ending until you've had the baby so anyway this went on for I was on the ward I think I arrived about 11 in the morning and um yeah I I basically was on around around 9 or 10 p.m I started to insist that I wanted an epidural I think I've, I had in my mind, I had said I hadn't wanted an epidural. I had like a detailed birth plan. All the midwives had read my birth plan. They all seemed to know about it. But I just was like, I need an epidural now. Like, I can't do this. Like, just, I couldn't. I think at around nine o'clock, the partners were supposed to go home. So I was thinking that I was going to have to stay on the ward with all the newborn babies in labor by myself. And I just was like, I can't, I can't do it. So I started to get quite vocal about it. And they kept on putting me off, putting me off. And I don't know, sometime probably around midnight or something, I finally got someone to put a trace on me. And she checked me again. <laughs> I was two centimetres. <laughs> I, was like, I was like, okay, no, I, I want an epidural. And basically, I just started to like kick up a fuss and it was a ward of sleeping women and I think that they were like okay we're gonna have to move her because I I was just getting like angry like you need to move me I need an epidural like I was causing a bit of a scene I suppose um so they were like okay fine you can go up to the delivery suite and so we walked up to the delivery suite and they insisted that I had another suite another like trace and checked me again and in that time It took me probably half an hour to walk to the ward. I'd gone from two centimetres to four (laughs) centimetres. So, like, I was eligible. I could have the epidural by then. It wasn't, like, it was actually allowed. So, yeah. And do you think that's because you knew you were going into your own space then? You could knew you could... Yeah, absolutely. I think some part of me relaxed. I was like, oh, finally. But sadly, it does make me really, it doesn't make me as sad now, but it, it did used to make me quite sad that, you know, like, I think I was so stressed by the time I got to my own space that it was too late. Like, that would have been the time maybe I could have started to you know but I was so stressed I was just like give me the epidural like I just yeah it was too late so the anaesthetist came they gave me an epidural 
And the relief was pretty much instant, like instantly as soon as it went in, like, um, yeah. And then the midwife seemed to be really like excited. Well, not excited, but she was like, oh, you're really a face. You're really, she was saying I was very stretchy. And she was like, I don't think it's going to be long. Um, so Lawrence, he kind of went to sleep. Um, I just, I could not sleep with the epidural because they always, they're coming in and they're checking stuff and they're moving you around. So I didn't get any sleep. Um, I just want to say that because <laughs> um, I heard that you could get sleep on epidural. So maybe I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> that I didn't yeah, it's actually 50, 50. Some people just nod straight off and others, oh, really? others no, I think I think they're just others are just excited or anxious but as you said who's going to walk into the room and they want to be alert yeah 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 I yeah I didn't sleep didn't sleep at all so um so I think that there was a changeover at maybe about nine in the morning eight in the morning there was a change of midwife and basically I hadn't I hadn't progressed I think my labor had stalled so probably because of the epidural I'm guessing um and so they had to give me some, uh, is it Zentosin, something to induce the labour to come on. Um, but luckily that worked. And yeah, I pretty much went to 10 centimetres. Um, it's the thing that I started to feel. Now, I was probably, I didn't realise that I was probably about to push the baby, but I was like, the anaesthetist was there. I was like, oh, top me up, because I started to feel it again. And I was like, I can't, I don't want to feel it. Like, I just, so he topped me up, but sadly it was like just before I was about to push. So I got to 10 centimetres. I literally could not feel anything. Like, so I'd just been topped up. So, yeah, I think we pushed, um, I pushed for an hour and... I couldn't, I, I think I was moving her a little bit, but yeah, no, it wasn't really working. And so at some point, lots of doctors came in and just the room was full of people and they said that they needed to use the vacuum. So they put the vacuum on and they gave me an episiotomy <laughs> and yeah, and she was born. She was born at um, 11, and like just after 11 o'clock. So. Yeah, it was pretty long, <laughs> pretty long old labour. Um, yeah, and yeah, I should just say, I think when she was born, I just was, it was, it was like, it was just weird. Like I found the whole experience just really weird. Like she was very hot and wet and it was just like, oh my God, <laughs> this creature was inside of me. I didn't feel like the massive like rush of love. I just... I was just stunned I think mm. just it is it's a very like stunning experience like just yeah but yeah so she had some skin to skin and uh, we didn't know she was a girl we found out she was a girl we were completely wrong we thought we were having a boy so <laughs> yeah but it was it was yeah it was I mean it is it's amazing it is amazing um yeah <laughs> and did she latch on straight away um yeah, so I knew I wanted to breastfeed. Um, I think what happened was, there was, I don't know, there was something going on. So the midwife who delivered the baby was very busy. So we kept on trying to call her. And she was, my daughter, she, Aurelia, she came out absolutely screaming. Like, you know, there was never a moment where we're like, oh, is she okay? But she, she came out screaming and she didn't stop screaming. 
she literally I don't know if she, her head was sore from the vacuum but she was furious when she came out but that probably just, added to your because I'm sure you were up the walls and you had all your senses were uh yeah so then hearing your baby scream like that I'm sure didn't didn't help yeah, you feel I, any better I, yeah I was like I was like oh but she there was no comforting her I think she she okay. screamed for a really long time and I was like so I try I didn't know how to breastfeed so I think we were just kind of waiting and that the midwife kept on saying oh no I'll be there in a minute I'll be there in a minute and so we waited a little while and then she came and kind of latched her on for me and yeah that was that was yeah she latched on and I can't it's a bit of a blur the first mm. day because she was born at 11 o'clock in the morning so we went back to the ward and I think I just was so out of it and I hadn't slept either like I hadn't slept I had I'd missed a long time basically, yeah. yeah and I think I was even like I remember the midwife who delivered the baby she came down and she was like is there anything you want to know about the birth and I was like I was so out of it I just was like uh-huh. and she was like be careful you're bleeding I didn't even know I was bleeding I was like bleeding all over the bed like I hadn't registered (laughs) I just yeah I was completely just not with it um so yeah I stayed on the ward for a day and yeah I was just feeding her um I didn't really know what I was doing (laughs) I think I did I did a little bit of damage to my nipples um the first few days but I mean actually our breastfeeding journey was fine like I had no issues breastfeeding and yeah, I basically haven't stopped breastfeeding <laughs> since um, since she was born. So, yeah. How how was your recovery and those very early days? I suppose when you got home. Yeah, when we got home. Um, yeah, I had a bit of a delayed recovery. Basically, I had um, I got home and. I kind of checked myself out of the hospital quite early. I think I was supposed to stay another night, but I stayed one night and I didn't sleep again that night. And um, Aurelia was just feeding and feeding on me. And now I know that that's normal, but I think I was like, she can't be hungry. Why is she, why is she still feeding on me? And I just, so I stopped feeding her and then she was screaming and yeah, anyway. And I just, I think because I'd laboured so long on that ward and I just hadn't liked my experience there, I just wanted to leave. And Mm. no one really was, I think they were very overstaffed, like very uh, understaffed and very busy. So no one really convinced you otherwise. Yeah, so I just was there. And then I think I started to come round for some tests and stuff the next day. But I was just like, I want to go. I just want to go. And they tried to kind of get me to stay, but I, I, I left. I left early because um, I just, yeah, I wanted to go home. Um, and yeah, so my recovery was, yeah, I, I don't think she was a baby who didn't want to be put down. So she she wouldn't sleep like when you put her down. You had She had to be sleeping in someone's arms. So I don't think I don't think I slept for like a week like really and so I was going a bit loopy by the end of that week I think and just being so overwhelmed with everything um I remember I had a moment where (laughs) she was she was in my arms and I think she like did a little like her tummy rumbled or something and then I felt myself burp (laughs) and I was like oh my god 
If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. We're so in sync. <laughs> Her tongue is rumbling <laughs> and I'm burping. And I think I said something to Lawrence and Lawrence was just like, you need to go to sleep. <laughs> Give me the baby. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, he was right. <laughs> I needed to go to sleep. I was starting to hallucinate. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was pretty, I mean, it's absolutely insane. I, I just never anticipated that I'd have a baby that I couldn't put down. So, yeah, but we we worked around mm. it in the end. I think we swaddled her in the end. And then maybe after a month, we started to co-sleep. And that's how we got sleep in the end, really. Um, and, yeah, I, I had a bit of a complication with my uh, episiotomy. I think one of the mm. stitches just kind of opened up. So in the end, I, it got infected. And uh, I have an allergy to um, antibiotics, so I had to go back into the hospital to get a certain antibiotic on a drip. But actually, it was quite okay. good when it was when Aurelia was 10 days old. And in some ways, it was good because I had a completely positive experience. I was back on the same ward and it was like I was they looked after me so well. They really helped me with breastfeeding like it was 
brilliant experience, actually. So it was kind of, it was positive to go back to the same place and have, have a good experience. Mm. So it's just luck sometimes, <laughs> I think, with how busy the hospital is and what time of day it is, what day of the week it is, really, you know, I think. And that kind of stuff. So when did you decide that you felt ready to add to your family again? Okay. So um it was really was around 14, 15 months. And I just had the urge, like I, I had been like, I'm never having a baby again. <laughs> like I can't do that anymore. But then of course, you know, you kind of forget a little bit. And um so, yeah, around that time, I decided, well, I started to feel like I wanted another baby. And Lawrence was like, yeah, yeah, that's good. Um, because we'd had so much trouble, I was anticipating, OK, maybe I need to go to a herbalist and I need to, like, kind of get myself mm. in all aligned. And then I had a little bit of uh, anxiety because I was still breastfeeding Aurelia and I really didn't want to stop. So I was like, Do you know what? Let's just wait until she's 18 months old and then we'll reassess because I just didn't want I wasn't ready to stop breastfeeding but basically same thing again my period never came and I was pregnant (laughs) like it was incredible like after it was just like oh I had the thought I wanted to have a baby and now I'm pregnant like yeah oh okay this is what it's like for a lot of people wow um, I think I still had a lot of anxiety in the early pregnancy because I just thought this is too good to be true. Like I couldn't possibly just have mm. two babies. There has to be like a catch to it. But but no, there wasn't a catch. I'm very I feel very, very lucky that there was it was fine and the pregnancy was was fine. It was the same thing again. I had really bad morning sickness, but this time I had the toddler to look after. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that was pretty yeah different ball game as soon as you don't have the those moments just to go to bed at like one o'clock or whenever oh whenever no it was awful I had to I uh, like yeah, hard Netflix cartoons on Netflix for Aurelia <laughs> I, I couldn't like I think it was a good month where I literally just I couldn't do anything like I was so sick and this time it was awful as well like I couldn't drink water I could only drink sparkling water as well which was weird um, <laughs> weird side effects and so did you feel how did you feel about suppose giving birth for the second time considering your your first experience I was really nervous I found I Mm. think I was a little bit I don't want to not PTSD but I was a bit I was traumatized from the birth like I would find myself you know I made lots of mum friends and stuff and you talk about your birth and I found when I talked about the birth I was getting quite emotional like um and I I think it was the thing I just I had a lot of like guilt about having the epidural like I had failed you know like it was like a personal failure that I'd had an epidural which I just think is really ridiculous objectively on Mm. a rational level but yeah I really I felt like kind of ashamed that I wasn't able to like do it and yeah so going into the second birth I was like I just I had a lot of anxiety and I think I just realized that I I just got this feeling like I I don't I don't want to give birth there again now like I said I went back to the hospital and I had a good experience I have I made friends with other women who had had really positive natural birth at hospital 
so I knew like it wasn't the hospital but I just didn't want it I just felt like it was it was there was too much luck like <laughs> you had to, things had to kind of align for that to happen even if it was a small chance at going badly I think I'm probably one of the only people I know who had a, really, a bad experience there everyone I know else I know had a good experience but I just I felt very ang- anxious about taking the chance so um yeah uh what I ended up doing I, I don't know how this happened but I think I just got a panic like I can't give birth there and so I started googling like ways how can I have a home birth (laughs) and um yeah oh sorry I should also say um I I decided this time to get a doula because okay I just felt that I my labor I need that support like I need someone skilled Mm -hmm. to get me I, I need that and I felt that that was kind of lacking in my first birth, not through anyone's fault, just that it's a very specific skill set, I think. And um, so I decided Mm -hmm. to get a a doula. And I actually, the day after I found out I was pregnant, I went for lunch with some friends and there was this lovely woman, Kate, there. And she said, oh, I'm a doula. And I was like... happens. Great. So I got in touch with her. And um, I think she was telling me, basically, she gave me a lot of information about the different possibilities of giving birth. And I was thinking, maybe there's some way I can have a home birth. She was talking about community midwives and that she knows people in Gory, mm. which is close to where I live, who'd had home births. So I was like, well, maybe it's possible. So I started to look into it and I found an article from like, I don't know, the is one of the Irish newspapers, maybe the journal or something, um, about women having home births in holiday rentals in Waterford. And I was like, maybe I can do that. So I was ringing around trying to like find, is there a community midwife? And I got this and the name of a midwife. And anyway, long story short, I got in touch with the Domino scheme and it, it turns out they have a very small home birth service like they don't advertise it because it's too small kind of thing and so I am I kind of found them and was like would you let me have a home birth in an Airbnb (laughs) um yeah they brought so they brought me in for an appointment and I think I cried and told them about my first birth and they were like okay (laughs) okay well we'll see but yeah you can come to us and yeah we'll figure it out and so yeah that was kind of how it started with the home birth with the journey towards it so did did you start to feel excited then or were the nerves still very much there Um, well I kind of had a fear like that I couldn't hack it yeah like I yeah I I was like you know what if what if I can't do it? <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I was quite nervous about it throughout my pregnancy. And um, I have a, I had a couple of friends in the area who were pregnant as well on their second child. And they were going one, three months before, one, two months before, and both of them had had unmedicated births. So we kind of, I've talked a lot, especially my friend, Anna, we talked a lot about birth and she kind of was giving me tips and giving me things to read. And um, I decided this time to do hypnobirthing 
last time I was like, oh, it's in conflict with my meditation. This time I'm like, I don't care. <laughs> I'm doing it. No, but I think like, I was literally like, I'll do everything. Mm-hmm. Like, um, um, so I did do a hypnobirthing course. Um, I, I just found, I don't know why I can't really do the vision. I can't visualize. I just, I cannot do it, but I did like listening to the tracks, the relaxation tracks. And I liked listening to birth affirmations. So I would listen to those and they just, yeah, they sent me to sleep. <laughs> I was like, are they doing anything? I'm just going to sleep every time I'm listening. To well, yeah. I still listen to them now. Yeah. <laughs> do they send you to sleep? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. My husband does as well. Yeah. <laughs> two, two years later. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, maybe I should try that actually. So yeah, I was like, is it going in? I'm not sure. So yeah, I, I was listening to the tracks and I, and then my friend who was also pregnant, she recommended this book called Birthing From Within. And she was like, this is the best birthing book I've ever read. And I read it and I have to agree, it was the best, was what I needed mm. to read. Anyway, I don't know if you, do you know this book? Yeah, I think, I think uh, I've but, used, I've just listened to stuff on audiobooks. I can't remember, I think I've heard it. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like an art therapy kind of birthing book. And it kind of gets you to unpack all of your fears and all of your, just everything, everything that you think around birth, you kind of unpack it in kind of different artistic exercises or writing exercises. And uh, I think one thing that I really liked about it was just for me, I think like sometimes in hypnobirthing, they don't like to talk about pain and they don't like, they don't call contractions. They call them surges and stuff, which I know it works for a lot of people, but for me, I don't think I found that very helpful. And in this book, she was like, it hurts, yeah. <laughs> you know, like giving birth, labor hurts, but you can manage it. And it's kind of like you kind of get this. It's like you kind of trying to embody this, this idea of like a birth warrior. You're preparing yourself to bat- for battle, mm. basically. And something about that just really resonated with me, like that. Yeah, I don't want to be like, oh, it's not going to hurt. They're just because I'd been through it and it did hurt. Mm. <laughs> so there was no telling me it didn't hurt. And yeah, so I just yeah, I found that really, really helpful. And and I think an- another aspect of the book was that it. I just I had to make peace with the fact that, you know what, if it was really bad. I can have another epidural, <laughs> you know, and that's OK, like. And I really was like, you know what? Yeah, I'll have another epidural. And I think that that was quite healing in a way to not punish myself. You know, if it gets really bad and I've been in labor for over 24 hours, yeah, I get an epidural, (laughs) you know? So yeah, anyway. Yeah, by the time just before I gave birth, I was, I felt like I felt very ready, very ready for it. So how did Lawrence feel about home birth? Um, he was, he was fine. And he was, he was actually really great because yeah, I don't think it's weird because I actually, I've discovered since (laughs) that he was just worried the whole time during my pregnancies, but I didn't really realize that at the time. I think he's just like relieved once the baby's, but he seemed quite fine about the home birth. Like, you know, he understood it's, there are criteria there are procedures like you they're medical professionals like it's 
you're not doing it on your own kind of thing. So yeah, he, he was, he was okay with it. And I think he just was like, as long as you're happy. <laughs> um. <laughs> so talk to me about your setup at home. Did you have a pool and I suppose their, their first signs of, of baby, yeah, baby making its way into the world? Well, so it was strange because we had to go to an Airbnb. So we had to find an Airbnb first. <laughs> so that was quite fun. Like, writing to different airbnbs and being like could we give birth oh yeah sure you do have to tell them don't you you can't just yeah i i just think i think you don't you probably don't because it's not but at the same time like you don't want the stress yeah no you would yeah you're right you were right to do that yeah, yeah it's just like it's easier if they just know i'm like so everywhere that we kind of approached said yes okay um a few of them were like or well, one of them was like oh, we'll need to sign a contract in case you damage anything. But in the end, the house that we went with, she didn't have any questions. She was like, oh, great. Yeah, sure. Oh, cool. <laughs> <laughs> great. So we got a, we got an Airbnb right in Wexford Town. It was like a seven-minute drive from the hospital. And so we had to move in. Uh, we, we had to move. We had to get it for a month. And we moved down when I was, I think, 38 and a half weeks or something like that because um the midwives they were like it, it, look it, it's better if you feel at home there mm. your birth is going to go better the more settled in you are the more at home you feel so I was like okay fine so we moved down um I didn't have a pool just because I'd found I'd been in the water a just in the bath and stuff in my first labor I hadn't loved it also I think there's some kind of um I don't think you can give birth in the pool at least not when I gave oh that's right you weren't allowed to actually give birth in the pool yeah so you had to you could labor in the pool and I kind of was like "Mm." I've never been mad to have a water Mm. so I just I did think about it but I was like you know what I'll be fine it's okay I don't I don't really want it um yeah, so we just kind of, we settled in there at home. I think this time, like in my first labour, there was like, I knew I wasn't going into labour. There was not nothing happened before the labour started. Whereas this time it was a little bit more like I could feel something. I could feel stuff in my body happening in like the week beforehand or something. And I was very, very emotional. I think the day before I went into labour, I think I burst out crying like three times. <laughs> just like ah, go, go. <laughs> so <laughs> that's when you know <laughs> I, I got to um, I got to I got to 40 plus four this okay. time so went to bed and basically kind of mm, followed a similar pattern in that I woke up I was woken up by the pains at about yeah I don't know like 5 4 30 in the morning or something like that so it woke me up and I was like okay yeah I think that's I know what that is um they were kind of coming quite you know like at least every 10 minutes or so so I just I put on my earphones I put on the birth affirmations and the relaxation and I just kind of just lay in the bed um and I sent, I, we had a WhatsApp group with the midwives. So they were like, let us know because <laughs> second babies can come quick. Just let us know. And so I sent out a WhatsApp message and I think I lay there for a few hours. And it wasn't like, it was just like period kind of pains. It wasn't very 
strong. So I just was very relaxed and I lay there for a few hours. And um, so they got back to me and one of the midwives said, okay, I'll come in on my way to work because she lived 10 minutes away and I'll just check to just see how you are and then we'll see what to do from there. So she, so I got up and I had a shower and stuff and it wasn't, they weren't strong. They were totally fine. I was just, I had this Freya app. So I was just breathing with the contractions and I had a shower and that was very, it felt very good. But then I was like, I think my doula had said to me, like, don't save the water. Don't get in the water too soon. So I dragged myself out of the shower and just went back into the bedroom um, and continued in there. And then um, the midwife, she came about eight o'clock and uh, she was she watched me have a few contractions and she was like okay so I think that you know I think you're in early labor um like I don't think I need to be here unless you want me to be here and I was like no no I think I'm fine so like I was like that's fine you, you can go kind of thing so she left and I think pretty much straight after she left, they got a bit stronger. And I was like, okay. And so I um I I messaged my doula, but she was like, I'm already in the car. <laughs> I'm on, I'm on my way. <laughs> and I was like, okay, good, good. I was a bit worried. Like I didn't want to like make a fuss. Like I didn't want to drag everyone there and then not, you know. So anyway, so she came and she came at like the right time because the she came about nine o'clock, I think she arrived. And I literally was like, oh, I need some help with these. So, yeah. Um, so I just continued to labor. And I just was in, I was in the bedroom. I think I was just sitting on the end of the bed. Um, yeah, just sitting, sitting on the edge of the bed. It was quite interesting. I, I was supposed to, my doula, she gave me this recipe for uh, like, it's, electrolyte drink like a homemade electrolyte drink and I hadn't made it yet and I thought about going to make it but then I was like I just had this feeling like I should I shouldn't I felt if I went downstairs where it was all bright it would kind of distract me so I kind of thought I should just stay in here like and I got Lawrence to make the electrolyte drink and so I just, I just carried on sitting on the edge of the bed. I think I kind of had enough of the, the, the hypnobirthing tracks by this point. And so my doula came and she just was helping me breathe through them. And um, we continued like that, just on the edge of the bed. And then I had like a really strong contraction that was like, whoa, <laughs> I was like, whoo what was that and I, I I swear I felt something just not something I felt my cervix this is gonna sound mad but I felt my cervix just go like pop yeah cool I swear to god <laughs> I felt it happen and then I just felt the head like I felt the head and I just got the feeling like if I sit here I'm not going to be able to give birth I need to move like so I got off of the bed and onto the floor and I was on my knees and um this is when they started to just get really strong like I started to get quite vocal and I don't know what happened it was literally just like they'd get so strong and I just would be like literally like ah, like screaming and then my body just started to push like I could tell that I wasn't about to give 
the baby. I wasn't about to give birth, but I just felt my body just pushed down. Like, and so it was kind of strange because it was very intense, but then I'm not sure, but I don't think it really hurt when my body was pushing. It was, it felt good. Mm. Like, um, so actually it was quite manageable, but yeah, it was very intense at, at the top of the contraction kind of thing. So yeah, so my, basically my body started to push <laughs> and um, there was no midwife. I think she said that she was coming back at 11. So it wasn't 11 o'clock. It was somewhere around 10 o'clock or something. And um, I think what was going on was that like uh, Lawrence was kind of checking because I was making a lot of noise and the doula was kind of looking at Lawrence like, maybe we should kill the midwives. <laughs> yeah (laughs) Yeah. everything's fine but like (laughs) maybe you should give them a call (laughs) and so he was calling the midwife like I think you should come and she was a bit like I'm gonna come at 11 he's like okay but don't be late like I really think you need to come so um yeah and um so we just continued like that my body pushing and at, at some point I think the midwife came probably at 11 and I think she came in the door and apparently she was like she heard me and she was like oh <laughs> and um yeah but it it was really it was really interesting because it was like I just was there with the, in this dark room I had some music on and my doula Kate she was kind of helping me through the contractions I literally I felt like I really needed her help like I was like, she was kind of looking me in the eyes, holding my hands and like helping me breathe. And like, just when I was starting to panic, she's kind of bringing me back, bringing me back. And I think the difference with this time in my head is I just kept on having in my head, like, this isn't over until you've got to go through it. Like, this won't end until you give birth to the baby. So don't fight it. Just give birth to the baby. This is what I'm thinking in my head. I'm thinking, just go through the pain, through the pain. Like, don't go away from the pain like embrace it embrace it and I was totally like when in between contractions I completely like relaxed my body and just yeah and I felt that really helped because I wasn't like carrying over this residual tension that I had been in my first birth where I just was getting more and more tense more and more tense with each contraction I think I think I've heard this in natural birth about that you should be relaxed and it's really true Mm. it's not it's very difficult to do but it's it's very true Um, I think what you said there is really important though um that you can't avoid what's going to happen and I know like especially first time around you're just like how okay how can I stop this how but yeah (laughs) accepting and understanding that the only way this is going to stop is to just you know go with it your baby is going to be born but it is it is it is terrifying you just want to get away from the situation completely (laughs) exactly exactly so yeah you gotta go towards the pain or I don't know yeah so I just had that like because my mind I mean it definitely I had moments of panic and you just have to kind of sheet my doula was helping me to work through the panic and I was talking to myself to work through the panic um and uh yeah so at some point I'm still pushing and the midwives appear and it was really interesting because Up until this point, it was kind of just me and Kate. Lawrence had kind of popped Mm. in a little bit, but my daughter was up. This was like in the morning, you know, like 10, 11 in the morning. So I just was like to Lawrence, 
I need you to look after Aurelia. I, I don't want to worry about her. Like, if you're with her, then I don't need to think about her kind of thing. I think she'd heard the screaming and was a bit like, mm. she wasn't scared, but she kind of was happy enough to just <laughs> watch a cartoon <laughs> or something like that, you know. Um, so um, the, the midwives, they came up. And it, I really felt like there when they arrived, I kind of I felt like it as quite a disturbance. Like I kind of didn't want to look at them and kind of was kind of like looking down. And I, I absolutely wanted the midwives to be there. I, I didn't want to give birth mm. without them. But I, I just found it so interesting, like that I think for me, I I needed that privacy and I needed that darkness. And even the midwives entering it felt kind of a bit like. I really felt their presence or something like as a disturbance it, it, yeah a kind of it's such a contrast to what you experienced the first time you know I think you you obviously felt very safe um second time around but the first time you just see you were bombarded so it just shows what you what you really needed yeah yeah exactly I think you at least for me and I would imagine for other women I think you was just you kind of you're very sensitive when you're giving birth. Mm. Like you're oh, in yeah. a yeah. kind of altered state or something. It's you're not your normal self. It's strange. <laughs> um, yeah. So they they came in and I didn't really. They kind of they were kind of were just setting stuff up. Kind of halfway on the landing, I kind of was in front of the door and they kind of. I don't know how they did it. They put plastic underneath me. <laughs> yeah and so basically I just I carried on pushing and I think there came a point where I just they started to oh no that was it I I think I had a moment of where I couldn't quite believe that I was going to give birth because my first labor had been so long I was like what (laughs) this can't be right I'm about to give birth right now so I was like can can you check me can you check me like they hadn't that hadn't been checked up until this point and they kind of were like okay <laughs> like but they wouldn't have checked me at all so they checked me and they were like yeah well yeah you're 10 centimeters <laughs> like, yeah. I can see I can see the water the water sack <laughs> bulging like so yeah my walls still hadn't broken um so anyway and I pushed and I I don't really it's a bit of a blur here but I I don't they didn't coach me pushing but they kind of encouraged me to push they were like come on you can do it and so I was just on my knees on the bedroom floor and I gave birth to him and his um his head came out and I think that's when the waters broke as his head came out. Okay. And so the midwife, one of the midwives, the second midwife, I think she came 25 minutes before I pushed him out. Um she kind of moved the membrane from his face. And I think he actually his head was there and it was in between a contraction and he he like let out a little <laughs> which was really weird. <laughs> that's so cool was like he kind of gave out a bit like whilst his head was like yeah so and then um, one more push and the rest of him was out and um yeah I didn't know what I was having again I think I'd convinced myself I was having a girl and it was a boy so I have no intuition for what I'm having at all um yeah and he didn't cry like and it but it was obvious that he was fine he was alert his eyes were open he was looking around but he just was like so chilled like Mm. just kind of there and yeah it was like it was incredible I think I was like can't believe I just gave birth like and it happened so quickly like yeah just Mm. so quickly it was it was lovely it was lovely and how did you feel then in comparison to 
was your first experience yeah I mean straight afterwards you know I still didn't have like I want to just say this but like yeah. I didn't have the rush of love I, I I didn't feel bad or anything but I still felt quite stunned I think just because mm. giving birth maybe just for me it's just like whoa it takes me a moment to like yeah process what just happened but no it was fine I think the thing that was strange is that I think I was expecting relief after giving birth and I didn't really get relief I think I continued to kind of have after pains and stuff so I got up onto the bed and my the center pretty much was birthed straight away and did he latch on as well yes he did I knew how to breastfeed this time so that was good <laughs> yeah he latched on fine again just no no I'm I feel very lucky no no issues whatsoever with breastfeeding and um, this time it was easier as well because I knew how to do it so I didn't even get the damaged nipples so that was great mm. um yeah but it was so lovely like it just felt so cared for like they just come to your house I mean it was in an Airbnb but like you get into your you get into the bed you don't have to go anywhere like you just it's great you got your own food you got your like I would love to give birth in my own house but it was it was brilliant giving birth in the Airbnb still like yeah it was just just felt really pampered I suppose (laughs) it's lovely and so how was your your physical recovery then did you have any damage? Um, yeah, I did tear a bit, but, 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 but very, it wasn't a very, it wasn't very serious. Um, okay. Yeah, it was very uh, light tear. Um, I was a little bit paranoid about getting infected, but again, the midwives, they were yeah. lovely. They were like, they knew that I'd got infected, so I was a bit paranoid. So, you know, they'd come out to check one of the days I got a bit paranoid I think they the 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 stitches just tightened up a bit and I got worried that they were infected so she came out and she looked at them and they're like no it's fine but no that was fine um yeah the recovery was a lot better um although I have to say I'm still in some ways I'm still not recovered from the birth I did some I think I've done done some damage it's called like pub pubic diastasis I just saw a physio about it I've been trying to figure out when I run um I haven't been able to start running again I've had to start and stop a few times so I'm still kind of working on figuring out exactly what has gone wrong a physio thinks I have um, pubic diastasis or something which is kind of when you dislocate your pubic bone giving birth or something okay so yeah but for day to day it's fine it's just um it's just really when I run that I notice it, that it's a problem. (sighs) Painful, is it? No, it's not sharp pain. It's more like after I run, I don't feel anything when I run. It's more afterwards. I got this aching around my, around my vagina. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. And it's, yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping. Joys. Yeah. Yeah, I'm hoping to get that sorted because like, yeah, it's, you know, for me, being able to feel fit and to be able to exercise properly again, it's kind yeah. of what makes me feel a little bit like myself again, you know, like afterwards. So. Please, I hope I can get it sorted soon. <laughs> no, it's great that you're going to see a physio though, because so many of us just dodge dodge doing it because we just don't want to so and they're just they're amazing at what they do yeah it's great that you're going to see I actually listened to your women's health physio physio or chat with I was like oh yeah I need to find a women's health physio 
<laughs> I actually think I actually oh, yeah. do that because um, I didn't know. That oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Because I think they probably just, will know because I've been to a few asking press and stuff, and I don't, I don't think they really knew what was wrong, kind of thing. So. No, like the women's health physio will will tell you in no time. Like they just be prepared. Like they do get in everywhere, but that's what that's I think that's what we need. Yeah, like they have to... no, that's fine. Like that's fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we're used to that. <laughs> Thank you so much. That and it was so nice to hear your second birth and just to see like your body language and everything, how you told the story just changed. So it was lovely, lovely to hear that that was a really healing birth. It's great. It really was. It really was. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. I will link the episode that Yasmin mentioned there in the show notes with the women's health physio. I linked it last week as well, but just if you want to have a listen, I'm, I think it's so important that we get ourselves checked. Um, so have a good week. I'll speak to you next week with another episode on Monday. So chat to you soon and keep sending in all those gorgeous photos of you and baby in your first moments. Thanks. Bye bye. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great, too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com.